<clears throat> that's the language of God's people. That's sheep talk. If you don't, if you're not one of the sheep of our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd, you don't understand the words. A person knows what a sinner they are, and the Lord Jesus Christ saves them. All right, let's see where we are. We're in Mark 15 yet. Mark 15, approaching the very end of that book. Let's start reading with verse 32, because that's where we preached last week. We took our verse from there, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, that we may see and believe. And they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elijah. And one rang, ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And when a centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on afar off, among them, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the Lesson of Joseph and Salome, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. And now, when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead, and called, calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in the sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph beheld where he was laid. Let's bow our heads. Father, teach our hearts tonight. Scripture from Scripture. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. May our hearts be open to learn, including the heart of thy speaker. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. We came down last week to uh, verse 37. And verse 37 is going to give us some interesting information. It says, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. 
What did he cry? Or what did he say when he cried with a loud voice? Well, we're going to look at two scriptures. First of all, look at John 19.30. John 19.30. Now, here's what John 19.30 says. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Okay, you got that? He said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, that's right after taking the vinegar. Back in Mark, uh, where we just read Mark 15, 36 and 37. 36 said they, they gave him the vinegar on a reed. And then it said Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Now, let's look at Luke 23, 46. Luke 23:46 And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice so he had already done it had cried he had said something before what he's going to say now When Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, when we're reading in Mark, it says when he cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost, what did he cry? He cried, it is finished. That's what he cried. Because it says here, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That's the last thing he said. The second last thing he said, it is finished. That was done with a loud voice so that all could hear. It's interesting, huh? Okay, verse 38, Mark 15. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And it says, And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Now we're going to go back to verse 38 about the veil of the temple being rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Not from the bottom to the top, strictly from the top to the bottom. This veil was so woven that they say you could put a team of oxen on each side and pull it and it wouldn't break. So this was tore by God. It was an opening into the Holy of Holies. And let's read a little bit more about this in Matthew 27, 51. Matthew 27, 51. We can start reading with verse 50, what we had just read before about crowd cried with a loud voice. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. What did he say? It's finished. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. But here's something that none of the other ones write about. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. 
when did they arise? When did they come out of the graves? And came out of the graves after his resurrection. Those graves laid open for three days. Nobody ever tells you that before, did they? The graves laid open for three days, and then those that were in there arose. Then they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. The Jews have never written one thing about that. Not one single thing. That's how much they hated the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of the great miracle of resurrection. Nobody ever wrote a name down of anyone that went into the city. Now you see verse 54. Now the centurion's noticing a, a lot of things. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly this was the Son of God. So now when you come back to Mark 15, verse 39, and when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Now what had he just seen? Well, for three hours he stood there in the pitch black. He saw nothing, but he heard the Lord Jesus Christ cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But you see, he didn't understand Hebrew. This is a Roman soldier. So this is written, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Why it's in, not in, written with the interpretation, I mean, uh, the changed the way into English, but they got it there in this other language. But this centurion stood there for three hours in the darkness. Then when the light came, he heard the Lord Jesus Christ cry out with a loud voice, It is finished. Then he may have heard the Lord say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and gave up the ghost and died. But there was an earthquake. There was a terrible earthquake. And this hill where the cross was, Golgotha, was made out of rock. There was probably a lot of rocks that just seemingly exploded or broke up. Rocks were rent with the earthquake. Heavens knows what happened to the crosses. They may have come down. In fact, during this earthquake, when he talks about Judas going out and hanging himself. But then over in Acts it said he fell down and his bowels gushed out. He fell on some rocks. I made the earthquake probably broke that tree limb right off of there and down he came. Something happened between the time Judas hung himself and when he fell on the something sharp and his bowels came out. Just kind of interesting. Matthew twenty seven fifty four. We just read that. Yeah, about the centurion. He saw he saw felt that earthquake, saw rocks being rent. It's possible he saw some graves open, but I'm not sure about that. Okay, that brings us to verse forty. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, well we know who she is. Oh she loved him. He cast seven demons out of her. And Mary, the mother of James, want some holy water? <laughs> Take it. 
and Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome. Or Salome. Uh, why that large description of this last Mary? Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome. Why? Well, there's so much made over Mary being the mother of Jesus that the Bible just kind of hides that, just kind of sneaks around the back of the barn. And if you are a good enough student, you can find out who, which Mary they're talking about. Turn to Mark 6.3. Mark 6.3 Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph? Now, those are the two names given us over there in Mark, and back further in Mark, James and Joseph, and of Judah and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? Turn to Matthew 13, look at verse 55 and 56. Matthew 13, 55 and 56. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? And you know somebody wants to tell us out there that Mary remained a virgin. My, she had an awful lot of virgin birth, because there's four boys and then there's at least two sisters, at least two sisters. That would be six children she had besides the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So there's a Mary, the mother of our Lord, and Mary Magdalene. We know that. Who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. He had a wonderful following of wonderful women. He was not a womanizer. Not at all. Anybody whom the Lord saves their soul is indebted to him for eternity. They can't help but love him. They can't help but show their affection to him. No matter who or what it offends, they will follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Naturally, they followed him in Galilee because that's where his mother lived and that's where much of his ministry took place. But now turn to Luke 23, verses 7, 27 and 28. Luke 23, 27 and 28. Our Lord knew every one of these women particularly because he had loved them from eternity, because the Father had given them to him back in eternity. He's the one that said, Father, lo, I come to do thy will, and the Father's will was to not to lose a one. Their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. Certainly he knew them. Here's what he said to them. Verse 27, And there followed him a great company of people and of women, 
which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? These were green times for Israel. The Messiah was walking among them, and now they were about to crucify him. They were about to begin the driest spell in the nation, the history of the nation of Israel. 2,000 years of exile. They're finally back home in their homeland, still in unbelief. When our Lord said they're going to cry to the mountains fall on us, they may have done that when Jerusalem was taken in 70 A.D. from Titus, but there's another day coming when they will. It'll be right in the middle of the tribulation when Antichrist makes himself known or is revealed from the temple. If you want to look at that, it's Revelation 6.16. Revelation 6.16. Let's read verse 15. Verse 15. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Can you imagine a lamb having wrath? But we're not talking about an animal. We're talking about the Lamb of God, God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the sacrificial Lamb for his people. But now the Lamb is in a different form. He is now the judge. God has given unto him all judgment, and they want to flee from him. He's terrible to behold, the wrath of the Lamb. All right, let's go to verse 42. Mark 15, 42. And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. And you understand when they say the day before the Sabbath, everybody thinks now Saturday's the Sabbath, so this has to be Friday. So that's where the Catholics and everybody else get the idea that the crucifixion was on Friday. Because it says this was the day before the Sabbath. But you see, it was a special kind of Sabbath coming up right around the Passover time. This was not the weekly Sabbath they talked about, a special Sabbath. I want to show it to you. John 19, 31. John 19, 31. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. Now listen. For that Sabbath day was an high day. You understand? It was a special Sabbath day. Not the Sabbath of the week, but a special one because of the Passover coming up. 
So there's two Sabbaths together, Friday and Saturday. And the day of the crucifixion was Thursday. They besought Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. Now what other proof would we have that it would be on Thursday? Well, our Lord said that he would be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. And if he rose on early, early Sunday morning, which is the first day of the week, you have to backtrack from there and it'll take you to Thursday. Take you Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three days, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, three nights. Rose early Sunday morning. That's very, very simple arithmetic. Now, people that can't see it are either just plain bullheaded, they can't add, or they can't subtract. Take it either way. Verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. What does that mean he also waited for the kingdom of God? That means he was a believer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, our Lord taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Joseph of Arimathea knew the Lord Jesus Christ was a king. And he knew that there was a kingdom involved. Not just a spiritual kingdom. They were looking for the kingdom promised to Israel upon earth. Anyhow, it shows he's a believer. A hidden one, but a believer. And he may have known Pilate. Rich people generally know rich people. And it says, And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. Now you see, this centurion was the boss of all the soldiers. They didn't have two centurions there. A centurion is a... a sergeant or whatever you would be in the Roman army who was in charge of 100 soldiers. A century is a 100. A centurion is in charge of a 100. So he was the boss. He was there. He's the one that marveled, that cried out, surely this is the Son of God. He stood through the blackness for three hours. He felt the earthquake. He saw the results of the earthquake. He heard the Lord say, it's finished. He saw him say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit, and gave up the ghost and died. If anybody knew, it was a centurion. So Pilate asked him. Oh, yeah. He said, oh, yeah, sure did. This fellow's dead. In fact, one of my men even put a spear in his side. Where's that? Well, let's take a peek over there in John 19. John 19. Thirty-four. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side. And forthwith came there out blood and water. You see, the centurion was there. He saw that. He knew nobody's living through that. Just blood and water. A little blood, a lot of water. His blood was poured out for us. This is pure, spotless, sinless blood. Nothing like it ever touched the earth before. He's the only one had pure, spotless blood. And that's what God made 
to be the ransom price for your sin and mine. If he hadn't have shed his blood, you and I would have no hope whatsoever. We probably wouldn't even be here. There's no, there's no reconciliation apart from the perfect sacrifice, the blood of Christ. So that centurion says, well, yeah, Pilate, this, this is, dead. is he dead? He's so dead we didn't even have to break his legs. Didn't know he was fulfilling scripture. So verse 45 says, and when he knew it of the centurion... He gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone under the door of the sepulcher. Now, Mark's not telling us everything. And like I tell you many, many times, we've got to go to the other Gospels to get the full story. You can get a beautiful addition to the story and a finale of the story in John 19, 39. John 19, 39. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Can you imagine that? That is some kind of sack of wonderful spices. Terribly expensive. A hundred pounds of spices to wrap in that linen to wrap up the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I don't think the women knew that. I don't think the women were close enough to know that because they, in their minds, are waiting to do that very same thing themselves. But they have to wait for three days until the Passover is over, until the Sabbath is finished. They have to wait the exact time that our Lord was to be in the grave, or not in, in the heart of the earth, his body in the grave. Marvelous things. Turn to Luke 23. Look at verse 56. Luke 23, 56. Just telling you about the women. See, verse 55, 2. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid, they knew he was in there, and they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. They couldn't go in there. But they had to rest a couple of days, didn't they? They had to rest Friday and Saturday. And this took place on a Thursday. So that's why we find the very first verse in Luke 24, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. They had to wait those two days and then until the early morning of the first day of the week. Now the thought just came to me. Do you think, do you think that they got those spices that these women had from Nicodemus. 
Is it possible that Joseph didn't have time to wrap or to prepare the body with the spices that Nicodemus had brought? It just don't tell us that, does it? I don't know. Uh, it says they beheld his body at a distance. We just read that, didn't we? Yeah. It says in verse 55 of Luke 24, it says, And how his body was laid. Did they have to do something to these spices that Nicodemus brought or not? I don't know. But in Mark, it tells us, he brought the fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen. Now, if Nicodemus was, I'm sure, they had, they used all them spices in this linen and laid him in the sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock and rolled into a stone under the door of the sepulcher. Now, if Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea rolled that rock to the door, that was a pretty big thing. That was a heavy old rock. Uh, the angel of the Lord moved that thing out when they took it away. Uh, just kind of interesting. Okay, now verse 47 in Mark 15, last verse. And Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of who? Joseph. Okay, we know who that is. That's our Lord's mother. Beheld where he was laid. Now, it did say in one place, that they followed him afar off. Look at verse 40 in, in, in Mark. There were also women looking on afar off. Now maybe they did not notice Nicodemus with his bag of spices. Okay. Well, we've got a few minutes left. Let's go into the next chapter. Mark 16. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene... And Mary, the mother of James and Salome, Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Well, we just got through talking about who rolled it there. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering in the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. Okay. Who do you think this young man was this young man was an angel all angels that appear in the Bible appear as men don't say anything at all about him having wings does it it never does because angels do not have wings certain created spirit beings have wings cherubim and seraphim but angels themselves do not have wings. And when they appear to man or to people, they appear as a man. Verse 5, And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man 
sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. Sure. Any time a person sees an angel, they're scared. And he said unto them, Be not affrightened. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter. Make sure you tell Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled and were amazed, and neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. The angel said, now, come on, don't be frightened. But how can you help it? You're just a human being. You and I would be the same way. To see an angel one time in our life, something we'd never forget, ever, ever, ever. Man, we'd have write-ups in the Inquirer and the Sun and every newspaper or publication in the supermarkets all over the world if we saw an angel and could describe him. And these women were amazed. They were afraid. Verse 9, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, and here's a little information for you. Out of whom he had cast seven devils, seven demons. This was a wild woman. She was elect. You know, it wouldn't have made any difference if she had a hundred demons. It wouldn't have made any difference where, what, or how, what she did. She was an elect soul. And she had to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, or he had to seek her out and save her. And because she had seven demons, (coughs) she loved much. She felt a wonderful, wonderful love in return to the Lord Jesus Christ for saving her soul. Verse 10, And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. Well, let's look at Luke twenty-four twenty-two. Luke twenty-four twenty-two. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. They try to tell the story, and now now it's already changed to a vision. It wasn't a vision. They saw the angels. In fact, there were two angels in there. Mark only tells us about one. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Well, who ran to the the sepulcher? We know, don't we? It was John and Peter. John and Peter run there and find that the tomb is empty. Let's see if we can find that. Verse 11. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. (laughs) Poor Mary, trying to tell the truth, been such a faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, tells the ones closest to the Lord, 
his disciples, they don't believe her. Verse 14, And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. That's all we're going to have tonight. It's a awesome picture of the human heart that can't believe when marvelous things are being done. They said our Lord wasn't in a tomb. The women told the men that. They didn't believe it. We know that they ran there to, saw, to see for themselves. Then they believed. But they still had another one called Thomas who said, I ain't going to believe. You can't make me believe for anything until I see his hands where the nails were and I put my hand in his side where the spear went in. I'm not believing. Can you imagine? He is one of the chosen disciples. He's one of the faithful ones. He's one that Christ prayed for in John 17 who says that they believed thy word. They have kept thy word. Oh. They kept it because they were in Christ. Christ kept the word perfectly so they did too. So you did too. So I did too. Only because Christ had done everything perfectly that you and I are considered perfect in God's eyes. What a marvelous, marvelous gospel. Let's bow our heads. Father, we ask thy blessing upon our little reading tonight in our lesson. Our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross expiring for us. Some of the faithful ones observing things, even the centurion, who then believed that he was the Son of God, but probably not his Savior. Just a mighty, mighty person. Nothing said there about him coming to the Lord Jesus Christ as a lost sinner. Oh, thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the times that we live in where we can read and hear the preaching and for thy spirit to show us what it means to be lost, what it means to need a Savior, what it means to need mercy. And then to put that cry in our heart, Lord, have mercy upon me. How blessed for the Lord to choose and for the Lord to cause us to approach unto him. Watch over us, care for us, protect us on the highway this week. Give us wisdom to live each day. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.